War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you are listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. We have made it to Friday. I hope you have uh, enjoyed our Washington broadcast, folks. Very insightful hearing about what's going on at the border. Some takeaways for me is just how much more organized the fact that the cartels are, that this is, um, and some lines that stood out to me is just the fact that there's no one really walking anymore. You know, they make sure to get them over and then uh, advertising on social media for people to pick up the illegals once they get over. So obviously there's big money involved. It's very dangerous. It's an open border. And right now we're hearing from, as you heard over the past couple of days, it's, it's probably the worst it's ever been with an administration who won't even deal with it. Now, closer to home, this situation with the the cartels what i like about this is this is fluid it is an unknown governor mckee supported it now there's an interesting dynamic playing out right now seth magaziner has come out and said he would hope that the state would appeal the ruling to the court and now speaker sakachi is speaking out now i want you to understand something um they are both doing exactly what the unions are telling them to do because the unions they loved having a private their own spigot it doesn't have to go in the budget they loved having their own revenue source of over 40 million 40 to 45 million a year from these tolls so they're not about to just let that go away now governor mckee apparently (laughs) he's not good with the talking points in meeting or yesterday he was at an event and then talking to the media, he, he said 11 times in about 30 seconds, we're going to review it. Uh, so we're, we're going to review it, and then we're going to review the review. And here's the problem playing out right now for Governor McKee. And this could be good for Ashley Kalis. And that is that the unions who, you know, they helped Governor McKee win the primary. He has signed off. He is through, thick and through. Um fully signed up to support whatever the union agenda is the special interest right now at this point governor mckee basically it's like a puppet on a string so they're saying to him you need to appeal that and get that back in the courts now you know the public perception no one ever liked the truck tolls it was never put forth to the general public they just introduced it so now governor mckee's in a in a tough bind because you know, you had Tom McCarthy right for the primary uh, accusing Governor McKee of being unable to make a decision. And he went even as far. Tom McCarthy was the one he worked with Dr. Cole Alexander Scott. And he was very insulting 
and on Twitter he posted and said that when you see those blow-up type of figures that blow in the wind at a car dealership, Tom McCarthy said they have more of a backbone than than Governor McKee. I know, ouch. So... He also said that government, now again, Tom McCarthy, he, you know, used to be on stage with the governor and then he left, uh, was obviously kind of aligned with Dr. Cole Alexander Scott, but his criticism in saying that Governor McKee was unable to make a decision. So, well, this is a tough one because I, I would think that Governor McKee, you know, he, he recognizes that voters don't want this. And I think there's a big part of him saying it would not be wise to announce that he wants to go along, you know, in challenging and trying to get these truck tolls back. However, you know, Seth Magaziner just raised the stakes, saying he thinks Governor McKee should do it. So you you have a, a clear distinction right now, and this is good for the voters, uh, in that CD2 race, even though it doesn't really affect it, but it's, it's more philosophy in governing. So Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, former Cranston Mayor, he is against the truck tolls. Seth Magaziner is in favor of them because basically he's a, a puppet to the unions. Ashley Kalis, the Republican challenger, is against the truck tolls. And folks, no matter what they say, they may say, oh, we would never start tolling cars. Uh, Mike, is there anyone that really believes that? I mean, there's no way. So many things that we have right now, they start off by saying it would be temporary. It would never exceed this. It would never exceed that. Hey, when they introduced the lottery, that was supposed to go to educational funds. So we know it's just, it's not the way it happens. And then they all of a sudden will say there's an emergency. And just for a short period of time, you know, we need to do this. Or we're going to do it to tourists in the summertime or whatever. But I, I personally don't believe them. And as Governor McKee says, you know, not on my watch. I, I don't know what he's talking about because... Um, Things have not worked out well for the taxpayers, uh, quote, under while on Governor McKee's watch. So I think a problem that he has is credibility. He has several problems, Governor McKee. And I want to be fair about this because this is important. I think his instincts tell him it's not a good idea to say that the state's going to appeal the court's ruling regarding the truck tolls. However, he then has, you know, the union bosses saying, hey, we got you over the finish line for the primary. You owe us. You owe us, pal. So you're going to go along with that. And I think that's one of the things that it creates a problem for. But it's it's really interesting, high drama, how this is going to play out. Because it's just going to be looming there. And even if, you know, someone was mentioning to me, the state could wait and then they could appeal after the election but this is a new dynamic. It will come up in the debates. It's already active in the campaign. Kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. You know, you wonder about Governor Raimondo pushed that through. And Governor Raimondo, one thing about her, she knew when to get out of Dodge. She knew <clears throat> that um, there was going to be no nothing good for her anyway by sticking around. But you go back to 2018. I mean, I vividly, you know, they, it was even before that, actually with the truck tolls the truck tolls that started um that really started in in uh, 2015 2016 that was the <clears throat> i think it was even 2015 as i think of it because i remember when when biden came in and the whole business of the, the truck tolls so it's been going on for for quite some time and the number of years of trying to get that up and running and it has not proven to be a big success in the court is ruling that it, it should, in fact, uh, and now they've, they've stopped collecting the tolls. But, you know, as as I had talked about, if you're, you know, the unions, they, they're like, okay, we well, got to find that money somewhere. So it's not a matter of, oh, well, that's going away. They liked having their own spigot, so to speak, for that money just, you know, designed and earmarked right for them. So Governor McKee is definitely in, I'm not saying he's not. He's definitely in a tough bind. But the question is, is he going to represent what's right for the business, for the, the citizens, for us, the taxpayers, or is he going to cave like Seth Magaziner, the special interest? Magaziner doesn't care. By the way, I also want to give credit. <clears throat> Former Chris Mayor Alan Fung, the gloves really came off yesterday, 
in the CD2 race. We've been waiting and seeing when this was going to happen. Boom, it finally happened. He has finally brought up the fact that Magazine is father, very friendly with Jeffrey Epstein, and has flown, well, when Epstein was, but, but flew on the Epstein private jet. I think he went to that private island. So this is something that Magaziner, I think they thought they'd be able to stay away from. But the fathers never answered questions. Why was General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, why was his father, <clears throat> what was the nature of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? So what was he doing on the island? Why was he flying on the plane? Uh, the whole thing is very, very bizarre. And what I find interesting is, what I like is, in the CD2 Democrat primary, of course, none of them would bring it up. Uh, but it is fair game. And yesterday, former Chris Mayor Alan Fung, he finally said, well, you know, someone like a magaziner, he doesn't care about truck tolls. For crying out loud, he's used to private jets. His father flew on the Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> private jet. So kudos to uh, Mayor Fung. Well, folks, it's Friday. It's the John DePietro Show. Uh, we have survived D.C., very interesting couple days in our nation's capital, and a lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show on this Friday. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility, providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is one of Rhode Island's top legal minds. It is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dot. And Tim, I want to start off, uh, obviously, very unprecedented type of situation today. And we're talking about the New York Attorney General, um, I, I, I'd like to try to at least put politics to the side. And this is a very extensive uh, complaint that they put forward. I, I have a feeling that this is not going to be the end of it. Uh, but this has been a long going, ongoing investigation, I, I think over three years. And I'd like to at least hear from you what is the allegations that they're mapping out. Well, Letitia James, the um, New York Attorney General, uh, has been investigating the Trump Organization and Donald Trump and the kids for for a long time. And forgetting about politics, she has stated on numerous occasions that it's her mission to get him. So um, there's a bias here, potentially, or maybe just a person who's very zealously investigating legitimate wrongdoing. Only time will tell. But to stick to the legal end of this thing, the basic elements of the civil complaint suggest that the Trump organization has inflated values of real estate when it served their purposes and understated the value of real estate when it served their purposes. So if you're looking to get bank financing for a new project and you want to show how much equity you've got and that, you know, you've got assets that could back up the loan value. Let's assume um, I'm using, making up an example. You have an office building worth 50 million and you say it's worth 250 million with no basis. Now, is that a fraudulent statement? Was it made knowing that it was false? 
Was it an estimate? What were the obligations of the person making the estimate as to value? Did it require any professional, um, uh, professional, you know, property uh, assessor to go out there and value the property? Uh, was it left up to the borrower to simply dream up a number? These are the types of legal um, issues which will um, go on and on and on in a case like this. Who creates the value? Who makes the determination? Who tests it? What's the bank's obligation to verify the, uh, the values that are stated? What's the obligation of the person or entity requesting the loan and identifying assets um, to verify that the value that's being put in, a, let's say, a loan application is accurate? All of that is going to rest in the, let's assume they're loan documents, what was required, what needed to be disclosed. And again, the obligation of both parties to investigate to make sure that the representations were true. Now, John, one example that Letitia James points out is that at one time, um, she doesn't give the specifics uh, Donald Trump or the Trump organization um, opined that Mar-a-Lago was worth something like $756 million. Letitia James says that's a preposterous number because the true value on its best day is that that property might be worth $75 million. So that would be an overestimation of value by a factor of 10. So if it's really worth $75 million and Trump said it's worth 85 million. Well, that might be okay. But if in fact it's worth 75 million, and I have no idea what it's worth, but yep. let's assume that's a true number. And someone in the Trump organization, for whatever purpose, says it's worth 750 million. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big overstatement. And if it's so far fetched that it had to be made knowing that it couldn't possibly be a true number, well, that's where you could get into some jeopardy. Um, the next question is going to be, if these misrepresentations were made, um, was anyone damaged? Did the bank loan money based upon high valuations, which weren't true, loan the money and then got burned on the repayment? So is it a victimless misrepresentation or these misrepresentations which hurt the lenders. If the, if the valuations were understated, let's say to pay less in real estate taxes, well, I don't think typically it's up to the owner to state what the value of the property is for, for tax purposes. Right. That's typically a, a state or a county or a, a city um, assess, assessor's um, obligation to determine value. So I question what the Trump people could be doing to understate values to save on taxes. It seems to me it's more overstating values to borrow more money or to misstate what the holdings are that, and that there really wasn't the equity in these properties to support um, the loans. Now, Letitia James has also made a point, and the media is running with it like crazy. In addition to this lawsuit, you know, it's, it's just, as we've said many times, there's a difference between making allegations in a complaint and right. proving those allegations at sure. the time of trial. So we have a long way to go here. But Letitia James has already reported to the media, and they're gleefully reporting, that she's made a referral of this case to the U.S. Attorney's Office for a criminal investigation. Now, I thought she was the AG. I thought she would have been conducting a criminal investigation. So if she had found sufficient information, she might have brought her own criminal prosecution, but she's apparently dishing off the criminal component of this to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Could be because there's federal crimes versus state crimes, could be wire fraud crimes, could be bank fraud crimes. Um, there's going to be a question of jurisdiction if, and that's a big if, any criminal um, um, prosecutions could possibly arise from this situation. Tim Dodd, there are, and again, folks, speak with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Um, it should be noted that there 
have been some people within the Trump organization orbit, if you will, Michael Cohen for starters, who there, there are definitely some been some people that we believe have kind of been drifting in and out of the background on this investigation that seemingly at least could have led them down the path to, to look at certain things. It, I, I just, I don't want people to think a sitting, I mean, I don't think, but a, a sitting attorney general just, you know, I know that the president's out today saying it's another witch hunt and, and I'm getting email from people saying there's another wild goose chase. I, I just don't think a complaint of this magnitude, how long it's gone on, they definitely have had some inside players. I, I don't think that this is like, just like a wild goose chase. No, I mean, it would be hard. I mean, Letitia James claims to have interviewed over 60 people. Hmm. So that's a lot of people. Um, And reviewed, you know, tens of thousands of pages of documents. Um, So the question will be, who is it that's talking? What is their motivation? And is what they're telling... um, the attorney general's department there in New York, uh, can it be backed up? You know, it's, I'm sure that that office of Letitia James vetted the statements these people were making and vetted the information being provided to make sure it would stand up to scrutiny. Because if I was Letitia James and Michael Cohen came in saying, let me give you a line chapter and verse on what happened in the Trump organization, I'd be eager to take his information, but I'd also be really careful to verify its truthfulness and accuracy sure. because Cohen's got an ax to grind. Yeah. Um, now this is, we haven't even touched on the special master of Mar-a-Lago. Tim Dodd, I, I just, it almost seems as though, you know, they, you just start almost kind of lack of an expression of like drowning in lawsuits at this point. I mean, it just the legal problems just seemingly are. are and again, all has to be proven, but they're they're definitely mounting. And it, it just seems it would be an exhaustive process to be dealing with so many different legal elements. Well, yes, it does. And it seems we don't really know how much coordination or orchestration there is with all of these various things that are happening in Trump world between things happening in Florida, things happening in New York, and things happening elsewhere. The media was also happy to report that the woman who claims that Trump raped her in a store dressing room years ago, her ability to bring a cause of action against him has now been revived because of a change in the statute of limitations in New York. So, you know, all of these lawsuits and all of these subpoenas and all of this criminal speculation is all coming right before the midterms. Now, that's probably not a coincidence and we're not talking politics, but, you know, people who are skeptical, that would be the, a reason for some skepticism because of the timing. But putting the timing aside, you're right, John. There's so much that Donald Trump and people in his orbit have to fight off here. Um, whether the allegations can be proved or not, it's going to, I would think, um, cause some of his supporters to take a second look and determine how much longer they can really be with him because yeah. it's just <laughs> piling incredibly on. Incredibly time-consuming as well. I mean, you know. This is think how much this stuff would take during the course of your day. I also want to mention it is unusual assuming that the children are also involved here. Well, yes. Um, so it wouldn't be Tiffany. It would be Don Jr., Eric, and um, well, Don Jr., Eric, Don and, Jr., and, uh, Ivanka. And Ivanka, yes. Yeah. And you know, how many of these lawsuits and these criminal investigations and these subpoenas that are served, you know, where you know the old expression is where there's smoke there's usually fire how much of this can be situations where ultimately there's no fire i mean yeah. it would seem over time there's got to be some fire behind all the smoke that's arising right now and you know trump can push back and hold all of this off and slow it all down but it does seem like there's you know an enormous avalanche coming towards him 
And Tim Dodd, before we take the break, now she did mention she's going to refer this uh, possible criminal probe. Could, could this be, I mean, I, I, again, we don't know, but, you know, the, the famous one, Al Capone, ran into trouble with, with, you know, tax evasion and tax problems. Now, granted, you have a lot of different attorneys. There's a lot of different properties and things like that involved. But, um, but this, this element of you claim something is worth this, I think they even said, uh, townhouse is certain size. It's not, it's valued at a certain value. Again, it's way over what it would be. As a result of that, you were able to get various loans because something is stated as a certain value. Those to me would almost seemingly be easier to prove. Something's either, you know, I don't know, 6,000 square feet or it's not. Um, it, so it, it would just seem that they, they, Certainly could be some things easier to prove than others in black and white, as opposed to, gee, you know, someone once told me they would pay, you know, a hundred million for it. So that's what I thought the value was. Well, and I'm sure Donald Trump's not out there looking at the field card on these properties, filling in these applications right, exactly. for loans. Good point. So the question becomes, you know, what was his obligation or his kid's obligation yeah. to review and vet for accuracy what his organization was preparing and filing to get money from banks you know there if there is a crime or crimes here it would more likely be federal because when you're dealing with banks you're dealing with wire transfers or bank fraud which all becomes federal um, which is a much um more dangerous to be if you're a criminal defendant. You always it's a tougher road to hoe when you're a target in the federal system for sure. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508 252 3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, our, our next story, I, I actually can't believe this is happening simply because it was the cornerstone of Governor Mundo's whole roadworks. Uh, you know, they gave, made such a convincing argument. A lot of people actually forgot about it. But boy, I mean, incredible that all these years later now, my judge has said, hey, wait a minute, this whole business, you and I have discussed this. Uh, and to your credit, you had said, I don't see how they get away with it because it does see discretionary that they're just singling out the truckers but lo and behold a judge says hey those should come down and boom they've taken them down to me oh then they're going to stop charging immediately yes uh, the judge um i believe from the date of his decision gave the state 48 hours to deactivate the gantries and to stop charging um the tolls and you're right john we did talk about this and it seemed absurd that this scheme could pass constitutional muster you know it's disparate treatment if you're an out-of-state truck then you're you're told you pay the toll if you're in state you don't pay the toll that just seems patently unfair and it's not treating everyone the same so there's an equal protection argument there's lots of um um, federal laws that would come into play one of the more interesting aspects of this is the original lawsuit brought by the trucking association in federal court in rhode island was dismissed by judge smith he found that there was no case 
the Trucking Association appealed the dismissal to the First Circuit. The First Circuit Court of Appeals remanded it to Judge Smith saying, no, no, you were wrong. You shouldn't have dismissed this case. It's worthy of a trial. So now a trial is conducted. I presume more evidence is put forth. And um, at the conclusion, the judge comes up with a written decision finding that this gantry scheme to only toll and charge out-of-state vehicle trucks is unconstitutional. Um, we all could have predicted this when it went into effect a few years back. Um, and you're right, this was the cornerstone of then Governor Raimondo's yeah. plan to finance all these road work improvements and to pay lots of money to all of the unions that perform all of this road work. So now that pipeline has been shut off. So what to do? Either you start now, I guess, um, tolling Rhode Island trucks as well as out-of-state trucks, mm. or you start tolling everybody. Yeah. And not to talk politics, but I know the <laughs> governor and the leaders in the House and Senate have said we have no plans to do that right now. Well, good. Right now is right September. Now. What happens yeah. after the midterms? Um, right. I, I would suggest people better hold on to their wallets and keep a sharp eye on what's going on here. Um, you know, and when this gantry system was put into effect, the creators of this had to know that this was a Trojan horse to this do out-of-state trucks, had to know that it was going to get overturned in court one day, and had to know that when the court told the state what it had to do, the state's not going to go and forego this money. The state's not going to say, well, we'll just take the gantries down and forget that. We'll have to fund this some other way. They're going to look for a way yeah. to keep this money stream coming in. And sure. to me, there's only one way to do it. And everyone's going to be extraordinarily upset if that plan goes into action. Tim Dodd, a question that comes up with this is just, God, it just seems so unfair that, you know, the state puts this through. You would think the highest levels of our state you know, administrators and officials uh, would would look at all different ways of this. If if the truckers either, you know, didn't have the resources or kind of threw in the towel or whatever it may be, um, th this this would still be up and running. It, it, it just kind of demonstrates sometimes that it, it may take a while and the wheels, you know, can obviously and things were even slowed down during COVID, but it, when you think about it, it's it's over one hundred million dollars that they did collect, and now here it is, all these years, four years later, and and the the truck tolls are, it, you know, the truckers were right that it, it was wrong that they started tolling them. And, and I'm not sure how practical it is, but um, is it going to be the state's obligation to disgorge this money? back to the, right. the truckers who paid. If the trucker has records of all the times that he, had, he or she had to pay these tolls for the last number of years and can document, hey, over the last so many years, I've paid $20,000 in tolls. I want that money back. Um, you know, this, there could be a significant amount of money that the state has to give back over if it should have never been collected in this manner in the first place. Um, I'm not sure the court could order the state to disgorge that money. The court might just say, going forward, you can't discriminate against these out-of-state truckers. Okay. Um, but it does create a terrible financial problem for the state. Yeah. How are they going to fill that money hole that this decision has created? Yeah. You know, every state's like a drug addict. They need that yes. money coming in to do all these things that they thinkers in the public interest to do um, yep. they're not going to give that money up so what do no. you think the solution is going to be yeah nothing 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 good nothing good um, for the public no nope. not good for the public uh folks again we're sweet with our legal expert attorney tim dodd so tim governor DeSantis, governor of florida i give him a lot of credit he said you know i'm tired of they they were flying some of these whatever term people are most comfortable migrants illegals what have you into his state and he said you know you have these people up in the blue states and they say yeah you know we're a sanctuary state we don't have a problem with it well you know 44 to 50 of them landed on martha's vineyard turned the island upside down 
And now, lo and behold, you have the, quote, migrants, and I, I think one of the sheriffs, but there's, what, what about this talk of there could be legal action against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis? Well, once again, you know, it's nice for this sheriff in Texas to say I'm filing suit because the media picks that and runs with it, whether yeah. there's any credibility to it, whether there can be a legitimate lawsuit, it doesn't matter. The headline has been made. They've, they've slammed and slurred uh, Governor DeSantis, um, suggesting that he did something illegal or reprehensible or immoral. Um, the allegations are that um, these Venezuelan um, individuals who I believe are here illegally um, were induced to take this trip up to Massachusetts because they were given McDonald's gift certificates. They told they were told they were going to get jobs, going to get English lessons, and um, land in Boston. I think those are the things they claim that they were told. Right. Now, whether that's true or not remains to be seen. But what um, Florida has suggested is is that Florida gave these individuals the opportunity to seek greener pastures in a sanctuary jurisdiction that offered greater resources for them as we expected. So you're right. I mean, you get these states who are bragging, we're a sanctuary state, we'll welcome anyone, we're not going to turn you over to ICE. So okay, we'll, we'll give you some. Show us how compassionate you are. You're a sanctuary state. Do your thing. Now, the media, I think half of... Oh, I don't know the number, but an extraordinary large number of the uh, national media landed on Martha's Vineyard to talk about this story. Um, these Venezuelans were shipped off the island within 24 hours and sent to a military base on the Cape. That didn't get much play in the media. No. And, and all of these reporters, quote unquote, who were rushing off to Martha's Vineyard to talk about this one plane load of 40 some people, those same reporters have probably never been to the border in Arizona or in Texas to talk about the real story. So again, that's not the legal end of this, but it's a very frustrating uh, story. Do I think um, DeSantis couldn't be sued? Sure, anyone could be sued for anything. Do I think he's got any serious jeopardy? No. Do I think he's exposed or the state or his um, secretary of transportation is going to get in legal hot water? No. Will there be some a political price to pay? Only to the extent that the media wants to spin it that way. Right. But, I'm, I'm, tactically, I thought it was quite a unique um, thing to do. And apparently there's another load of um, folks who are here illegally who are going to be imminently shipped off to uh, the uh, beachfront properties in Delaware close by President Biden's yeah. summer residence. That's Why right. not? Why yes. not? Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, our next story, once again, he is back in court. Alex Jones. It is what's amazing with some of these figures. They just start, their legal problems just continue to mount. Uh, people should understand this is a, a different case. It still has to deal with Sandy Hook. But the last I heard, the judge was you know, warning him about 
putting out false information with Infowars. And once again, he seems that he's in hot water over comments he made in the aftermath of the shooting in Sandy Hook. Well, this judge in Connecticut, uh, and you're right, it is the same type of case where uh, parents of these children who were horribly massacred in uh, the Sandy Hook shooting um, are suing Alex Jones and his InfoWars organization for money damages because they have been subject to harassment, they've been defamed, they've been slandered, they've been libeled, they've been threatened, they've been followed. Um, even now, in the midst of this trial, people who are, I guess, acolytes of um, um, Alex Jones are still um, writing and saying disparaging wow. things to the point that I guess there was a um, live feed of the trial going on a particular network. And it's one of those networks where you could type in comments. Yeah. <laughs> They had to take it down because there were so many scurrilous comments directed at these plaintiffs, that wow. these parents, that, you know, so Alex Jones still has his believers and his yeah. fans out there. But to the point of what this judge is doing, Alex Jones likes to have press conferences and says, this judge is interfering with my constitutional rights this judge is putting me in a position that if I say this, I'm going to be held in contempt. But if I'm forced to say this, then I know I'm lying. So what am I to do? He's trying to undermine the credibility of the trial, to undermine the credibility of the judge, and um, to get his message out through news conferences and uh, statements um, to the media that he can't really get away with in the courtroom. And this judge is not having it. Um, she is, has indicated that she's going to have, out of the presence of the jury, um, a discussion, if you will, with Alex Jones before he gets on the stand and tell him what he's looking at should he choose to disobey the court's directives um, so that the judge is going to set this up. Okay, Mr. Jones, you can do this. You can say this, but you can't do this and you can't say that. And if you act this way and say these things, which I've told you not to bring into this case, I'm going to have a contempt hearing to hold you in contempt. Now, this guy's looking at hundreds of millions of dollars in yeah. financial monetary awards against him. You know, the judge holding him in contempt could put him in jail, which is a very unpleasant place to be. But um, one wonders if he's really worried about the specter of being held in contempt versus trying to get his um, really preposterous message out to his fans. Right now, he's probably just looking to keep making money through info wars before the whole house of cards collapses. He's already put many of the corporate elements of info wars and his corporate holdings into bankruptcy. Um, you'll note that I believe some of his bankruptcy filings have been uh, done in Texas where the judge is already forcing his lawyer to get off the case and to change the um, what the uh, U.S. trustee who oversees a Chapter 11 case can do, because even within the bankruptcy court, the judge, the bankruptcy judge, I think is suspicious that um, the Jones camp is not being forthcoming, truthful, or completely honest in the filings that it's making. So he's still playing games and there's still shenanigans afoot and he's getting so much attention that it's going to be hard for him to get away with any of it because the spotlight is on him. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, it seems like so long ago, but Richard Hatch of at the time Middletown report, but he won the original, it was a hit show, CBS survivor. Then we learned he ran into some problems afterwards. He didn't, plan on reporting the $1 million he got for winning Survivor. It has dogged him. Uh, there was that trial that he asked uh, someone preparing his taxes, do one set of returns I remember with if I report the $1 million. And then I just want to see what it looks like if I didn't report it. And then, you know, they didn't report it. And come to find out, he is apparently still 
dealing with some problems with the court. And as much as, God, it sounds like the time they try to go around, or at least the allegations, it's, it's hard to believe all these years later, Richard Hatch is still battling with the courts and with the government regarding money that they still insist he has not paid. Well, he's been playing fast and loose, it would seem. Yeah. I'm not accusing him, but it would appear that he's been playing fast and loose with his tax obligation regarding his winning son Survivor for years. Yeah. Uh, at the time that he won, you're right. He had, he had his accountant make two sets of books, if you will, two different sets of returns. He then tried to say that it was represented to him by the survivor executives that there was not a tax obligation on the winnings. And, you know, the producers of the show said that's preposterous. We never told him any such thing. So he gets dinged for the taxes. And it appears that he never paid his tax obligation. Now, he won Survivor, what, 15 years ago? It's time flies, but it's a long time ago. Yeah. If he still has that same outstanding tax obligation or perhaps further tax obligations, if he's continued to not be fully uh, transparent and honest in his tax filings, you know, the interest and penalties that accrue on unpaid taxes is ferocious. It's like 20% interest um, plus penalties. Um, you let that go on for a long enough time, and he's now, I think, looking at about, what, $2.5 million that he's looking at to pay wow. in outstanding back taxes. And that's just a factor of interest and penalties piling up on the unpaid balances. And that doesn't go away. And, you know, he's a young enough guy, and he I don't know what his work condition is or his physical condition is, but... You know, to try to get an offer in compromise on an obligation like that, when it seems like he's, at least by the look of it, been flagrantly not paying his tax obligation, he might have a hard time ever compromising that number down. That's typically what happens. People get a big tax bill, they wait for an opportunity to go in and make what's called an offer in compromise to try to get out of it for a lesser lump sum payment. I'm not sure that's going to be available to this guy. Tim Dodd, it just also comes back to whatever money he thought, and again, not passing judgment, but whatever money he thought he would save by not reporting the one million, at at least it seems that it's far exceeded what he's had to shell out in attorney's cost and fines and aggravation. And my God, you just go back to the very beginning. If he just reported it for what it was, prize money, one of the television show, all these years later, it, it doesn't seem that he'd be dealing with it. Well, yeah, if he had paid the taxes, taken the balance that he got and invested it, he'd be way, 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 way ahead of the game. But through either arrogance or hubris or a misunderstanding of the tax code, whatever it might be, um, it seems like he's made a a number of mistakes, which are going to cost him dearly. It's north of $2 million at this point. Folks, again, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. To remain healthy, stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 
to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, DePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, topetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com the coesed inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick or an island tradition since 1977 delicious food great atmosphere whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge they can also accommodate large groups a great meal a feast is waiting for you at the coesed inn stop it and see them all year round 226 coesed avenue in west warwick they're waiting for you at the coesed inn thing to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even tiktok plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 j perry paving folks you can depend on j perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. 